Hi, everybody. Kevin Broughton coming at you today from Loan Officer Impact. And I'm so, so happy that you are joining in with us today. We have a really great episode. I'm so excited. I am super stoked to be talking to a great guest. I think everybody tuning in is going to get some massive value. Um, This gal is special. She's done something that very few in the mortgage industry have been able to pull off, and she's done it incredibly well, and she's been really, really successful at it. So I'm excited to um, spend this time with a new friend of mine who I've actually known for a while. I've known her story for a while, but she and I have never connected one-on-one at a deep level, but I'm excited to talk to her today. And without any further ado, I'd like to introduce my friend from the great state of Arizona, which is Rachel Tarman. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on. You know, our mission here at Loan Officer Impact is to positively impact the lives of loan officers nationwide, regardless of where they work. I don't care what company they work at. I just want to help people have a better life. And I've learned in my, gosh, 29 years of doing this now full time that the true secret to success is making it all about others. And uh, so we're just hoping to bring value to our listenership or whatever you call it, the people that tune in and uh, hopefully they can walk away with one, two, three, four tidbits and nuggets of, of great information. And I know from the times I've seen you speak that they're going to get a lot more than one or two nuggets of great things. So without any further ado, um, for those of you tuning in who don't know Rachel, she is a business development rep for a company called VIP Mortgage, and she's based out of Arizona. So Rachel, that's not a job that everyone in the mortgage industry has done before at all. And you've done it probably better than anyone across the country, I think, from what I've been told. So can you share a little bit about how you started in that? Like, how did that become a thing for you? And then what led you into it? Well, I swore I was never going to do mortgages because I can't even do mental math on a good day. And (laughs) someone letting me touch their finances just scares me. Um, But I always knew I was good with people. And I was working in the title and escrow side of the business. Title company was going to go pretty much commercial only. I had all these amazing residential real estate agent friends, partners. And I was like, what can I do? And I was talking to one of my loan partners that we had worked with on the title side. And he's like, why don't you come and work with me? And I was like, I'm going to be really honest with you. Haven't had the best luck with loan officers before. I don't necessarily want to go into the business. And he's like, do you feel that way about me as a loan officer? I was like, no. And he goes, well, then come over and we can work together. And I was like, Austin, I don't want to do loans. He's like, well, what would you want to do? And I said, can I just do my job at the title company, but on the mortgage side instead? He's like, sure, do whatever you need to do. And he just kind of let me loose. And uh, if you've heard me speak before, you you know, my first year was, it wasn't a failure, but it was definitely a struggle uh, trying to navigate that role, especially since there weren't a lot of business development people in the industry when I got started. Correct. Um, and so it was a, a big learning curve for me, uh, but I eventually found my groove and now I've, I'm a lifer. I love it. So you, you came from the title and escrow world, uh, which by the way, you don't know this, but I have a background in title and escrow as well. Um, and that's how I cut my teeth a hundred years ago. But um, if you think about it, you came into an industry that you didn't want to do the loan. You didn't want to be the math wizard. I assume your strengths were creating trust quickly, building relationships, pouring into people, that kind of thing, I assume is what you were great at and said, I can parlay that skill set into the mortgage industry. Yes, 
exactly. I knew I was good at building connections and getting people to know and like and trust me. Um, and with an education background, I always want to provide value to people. And I think that's one thing instead of selling, I really figured out how do I help the people that I'm working with? Um, and I know a lot of people are like, well, you came from title and escrow, you knew agents already. I was really surprised and I haven't actually really talked about this, but how many agents didn't come over to the mortgage side with me? It was, it was a really eye opener. I was like, Oh, title, this is going to be a piece of cake. I'm just going to take my people. Right. And I would say maybe, you know, four or five of them came over. The rest of them had great lender relationships already. That's that's not surprising to me, but I can understand how it'd be surprising to the people because you, you built these bonds with them while you were at the title company and they all loved you and all that. And you just assume they're going to follow right. me to whatever I do next. And, and they didn't. So you had to grow it from just a very small group. Right. So mm -hmm. what, and, and for those of you that might not understand this, what a business development rep in the mortgage business is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel, but you go out and you create relationships with referral sources. I assume largely realtors. Right. Who give loans into your team and those loans are actually done by a loan officer back at the shop. Um, and you participate on some level in the upside of the commission or however you get compensated is your business. But there's obviously a, a benefit to you bringing in more and more. Correct. Correct. Yep. I'm facilitating the introductions. I'm not talking to the clients. I'm not having any of those conversations about loan products and all of that stuff. I'm lic licensed in name only. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you DTI ratios and things like that. Um, and, and I think that was another thing too, at the beginning is how do you explain to the agents that you're building those relationships with that? You're not the actual loan officer. And obviously you figured that out, right? I did. Yes. I, uh, lots of scripting and figuring it out, but basically my role as a business development person is to take the sales and prospecting off of my loan officer so that my loan officer can just kick butt when it comes to getting loans closed. Um, but it also takes some explaining to the agents that we work with to say, listen, I know you like me. You've got to trust me and my team. Austin's going to knock it out of the park for you. I'm going to be there as your basically concierge, if you will. I'm going to be your business partner. I'm going to figure out where the holes in your business are. I'm going to help you generate more business by figuring out what your weak spots are. I love it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. What um, do you have trouble getting appointments with realtors? Is that a very difficult thing? Do you spend a ton of time on prospecting? Tell us a little bit about what a typical week might look like for you. Yeah, so um, it's not as hard to get agent meetings uh, before. I think part of it is because I've been in the industry for a while. But everybody right now in the real estate side is looking for some sort of way to make more money, right? Yes. Because we've got to put in double the effort to close the same amount of deals that we closed in 2021. Yes. And so if you're coming from a place of my loan officer brought me on to his team specifically so that we can build a partnership with our agents instead of waiting for leads to just show up, real estate agents are you know, accepting of that. They, they want you to help them. They're happy to sit down with you and strategize. And again, if you bring enough value, they're, they're fine. Um, it's, it's hard to get meetings with agents in general right now, just because a lot of lenders are, you know, calling them prospecting, doing all the things. Right. Um, 
And so coming from a BDR standpoint, it's a little bit different of a perspective and it's something to kind of muddy the waters so that they're like, oh, this is different. Like it's not the same type of call that I've been getting. I'm actually getting value from it. This person wants to sit down and prospect with me. Um, But I also would, you know, caution business development people as well as loan officers is you've got to be selective of who you go after because agents, not all agents are going to take the same amount of time and effort. And I find that the higher producing agents usually are the ones that take the least amount of time and are most receptive to having a partner in the business instead of just someone who can do marketing and all that stuff that, you know, title reps and and BDRs have been known for in the past. Um, What are some examples of some of the value adds you've been able to bring to a great realtor that's already, you know, seasoned realtor that does well or whatever? What are some value adds you've been able to bring that differentiate you from others? Sure. So I think the biggest thing is just poking holes in their current business. And what I mean by this, this is this can be used by any loan officer, any BDR. Sit down with your agents and figure out, okay, what are your three pillars of business? So how do you get business? Most of them are going to say sphere of influence if they don't put it on there for them. There's one. Yeah. You know, the other ones are going to be open houses, um, networking basically just pick three ways that they want to generate business. I find, especially right now, and I just got back from Inman and, you know, it's all these cool ideas, but you're adding something else to an agent who hasn't perfected the things that have actually worked. Right. And so, you know, sitting down with them and saying, let's use open house as an example. Hey, how many deals have you generated from open houses? It's like 20. Okay, cool. When's the last time you did an open house? Eight months ago. Why are you not doing open houses? Um, and so sitting there and just figuring out a plan and having them define it. Okay, your sphere of influence. What does that look like? What is the communication? How often are you reaching out? Are you having client parties? Are you picking up the phone? Are you doing the letter of the week that you're calling? Um, and I find that most of the times they're not. And they're so not. then I say, like, let me help you. If you can commit to me that you're going to do two open houses a month, I'm happy to sit with you. And I know that's not every loan officer or BDR's plan, and that's okay. But what can I do to help with that actual activity? Is it feedback forms? Is it helping them with scripting? Is it sending them a podcast about someone who's crushing it in open houses? Right. It's not my content that I'm creating. Yes, I've seen stuff over the years, but as a new BDR, you're still able to provide that because there's so many resources out there. Yes. And then I tell them, listen, if something comes up where you're like, okay, I really want to try um, farming and it's not in your three pillars, that's totally fine. Send me that idea. We're going to table it for right now. And we're going to work on your three pillars because everyone needs to go back to the basics. Whether you're a loan officer, a BDR, a real estate agent, we've gotten so spoiled. We have to sit down and be like, what has made us money? And another way, if your agent's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. And they've been in the industry, have them pull their last transactions, last 20, 30 and go through with them. Where did you get this deal? Where did you get this deal? Where are you not paying attention to that has sent you business before? If you've gotten five deals from a financial advisor, when's the last time you went out to lunch with that financial advisor or send them a thank you card? Right. I think those little touches are really what will def- differentiate you as a loan officer or a BDR that is trying to capture that agent's business. I love it. I love it. So the takeaway for everyone watching, if you have a business development rep, are they truly bringing value to the real estate profession by being consultative and partner-like and partner mindset? 
by helping them do things that'll actually grow their business. Not the shiny penny syndrome with the cool thing that came up last week that they've never done once and they never made a dollar from, but the example of I've sold 20 homes as a result of open houses, but I haven't done an open house in eight months. Are you encouraging them to do more? Are you sitting down, taking the time, having face-to-face? I assume a lot of your stuff is face-to-face? Yes. Because that's showing value. And if you can focus on their three pillars, and of course their three pillars may be slightly different, realtor to realtor, right? Right. But I think what you really hit on the head is true. Unfortunately, I think there's a vast majority of the licensed realtors in this country that live on a drug called hopium, and they hope that a deal comes in the door, right? So true. So true. And they're not quite often as strategic as maybe they could be, which limits their ability to produce more sales, right? So I assume a large portion of your consultative conversations are around productivity and actually executing on ideas that have already proven to be beneficial in the past. Exactly. Good takeaway for everyone watching. If you have a BDR, hold that person accountable to that outcome Rachel just spoke of, because if not, you could have a lot of friends, right? Is, is it possible for a BDR to just have everyone like them, but no one ever give them any business? Oh, totally. And, you know, I'm guilty of that too, right? I've known somebody for so long and you're like, I love this person. They're automatically going to send a deal. And then you see that they're sending a deal to another mortgage company. You're like, where did I fail? And I'm like, I never asked for that business. I assumed. So So, so that's a great point. I think maybe one of the most important points of this podcast. Do you have experience with how to ask and is asking hard? Is it... uh, uh, Does it make it very difficult for you? Or have you found that once you give value, you've earned the right to ask? Or talk a little bit about the asking, because I think a lot of people aren't great at that. Yeah, I mean, I I think setting the expectations at the very get-go is super important. And what that looks like for myself with our agents is, hey, listen, I really want someone that I can partner with in this business. I'm going to pull my weight and put all the resources into you that I can. Do I have your commitment that you're going to do the same? I'd, I'd love the opportunity to work with ev- anybody that's looking to purchase a home and needs financing. Is you know is there anything that would prevent me from being that person for you? So you set that expectation literally on your first consultative session with them or whatever? Yep. And, and how often do they say yes, but then 90 days later, they haven't come through with the yes? Is that regular or is that once in a while? Luckily, it's not too common, um, at least for me. I hope it's not for anyone else. But it allows me to go back and say, hey, listen, Kevin, remember when we had that conversation about we were going to partner together? I noticed you've sent two or three deals to another lender and you've closed with them. Just for my own knowledge, where did I fail you? Good, good. And then stop talking. It's a great takeaway. And they'll probably give you some form of an answer, right? Yeah. Or they'll start sending leads right away because guilt works wonders. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt is not a bad motivator. All right. Good. So you have an education background, correct? I do. Um, Do you do like group stuff? Do you do lunch and learns? Do you try to, or is it more one-on-one when you've attracted a client? So I think group stuff like classes or masterminds and things like that are a good catalyst to figure out what you can say when you have those one-on-ones. So I think classes are a great way to get agents in the door, especially if you've got 
producers or people that love you that are coming to your classes because they want to be near you right. and asking them to bring other agents from their office who would benefit from the content. Uh, most of your agents are happy to refer you. They just don't necessarily think about it. So ask your agents, hey, who else in your office do you know that would benefit from working with me? Um, and so that's a great way for their people to be introduced to you, hear your insights at the classes. And then as a follow-up tool to those classes saying, hey, listen, I know um, this topic was important to you. You came to the class. You'd also mentioned in the class that you were struggling with X, Y, Z. Do you want me to sit down with you and help you kind of navigate through this? I've worked with a lot of top producers and I know what they're doing. I'm happy to help guide you. So nugget number six. You've said something three times. I'm not sure everyone's picked up on, but you've made three references without using the word follow-up to the importance of follow-up. And I would have to believe that that's A, maybe the most important part and yeah. B, not always done by everyone in your position well. Is that is that possibly true? Yeah, I would say, and, and that's the industry as a whole, right? Agents are could be the most personal people in the world. If they don't follow up with an open house prospect, they're never going to get that person. Correct. Um, and I failed at that when I first got into it. Again, going back to the friend thing, I was like, like we just had an awesome meeting and like, they're totally going to use me. But then I don't talk to them for two, three months. Right. And I see they're using, that's my own fault. And so follow-up is absolutely crucial. And that's why if you can do the business planning or the three pillars um, and just figure out, okay, what, what are topics that are important to your agents? That's an easy call to say, hey, loved meeting with you. When's your one of two open houses this month scheduled for? You want me to pop by? Do you need anything? And then it's not just a, hey, do you have clients for me? What are you doing this weekend, right? It's, I know you're doing an open house. What's our goal? Get them pumped up. How many, how many good leads do you want to meet this weekend? What does the follow-up plan look like? Are you good on signs? You know, just ask them the questions. And I think if you can motivate them that, hey, this isn't that hard. I just need to be consistent and have a strategic plan. I can build my business, whether it's the worst market in the world or the absolute best. I hope everyone heard strategic plan because I know this young lady here has a plan. This is not fly by the seat of your pants, hope this happens, hope that happens. That's not what this is. This has got to be a targeted, strategic uh, approach to attracting people of like mind and like heart. Does your loan officer care what the realtor, like do they care about if their core values are aligned or do you care about that? Or is it just based on productivity? Um, no, I care. Uh, my loan officer, he trusts my judgment and we have a really good working relationship. I'm very fortunate to have someone who's given me kind of a loose leash. Um, yeah. but I think if I didn't have the discipline, that loose leash would hinder me. Um, but no, I want to make sure that it's someone that if they call me at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and I'm up and I'm willing to answer that phone call, I want it to be somebody I like. That you want I don't to want to have to. Yeah. I mean, not all qualified agents are wonderful humans. I know they're not. They are not. Um, and so make sure that it's somebody you enjoy and that if you left the industry tomorrow, you would still have a relationship with that person. I love that. I love that. I hope everyone heard that. If you were to leave your industry tomorrow, would you still have a relationship with the person? If the answer is no, you might question whether or not you want to work with that person. If the answer is yes. What about unqualified agents that used to be qualified? Do you have any problems with that because of the market conditions? Yeah, I know that's a hot topic. Um, 
if I've worked with them and they were qualified and I know their potential, I'm, I'm happy to keep them around. I think it's just one of those things where you have to have that conversation again. Hey, listen, I know the market's a little tougher. What have you been doing to generate business Right. and give them small, you know, tasks to follow up with. Hey, can you send me your bio? Can you send me your headshot? How quickly someone does that is kind of an indicator of how, you know, excited they are about their career. Right. Um, and so I always tell my LOs that work in our office, like give, give them something small and see if they execute at a high level or quickly. Um, so I can kind of feel it out. I, I know now because I've been in the industry long enough, like what it takes to be a top producer. And if someone has that drive to do it. Uh, but if it's someone that's not qualified anymore, another thing you can ask too, and I know, you know, Freedom Club is really good at this is asking like, what's your why? Yeah. Why are you doing this? What do you make money for? Because they'll say, oh, I make, I just want to make money. And I'm like, okay, but for what? Like you, you don't just let it sit in your bank account and get all excited about it. So um, I'm a huge believer in that too. I think properly defined whys drive behaviors and, and yeah. lack of why makes haphazard results, you know? Yeah. And I think too, the other thing, so along with the why conversation, there was an agent, kind of a similar situation, used to be qualified, switch brokerages, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I knew what his why was. And I go, hey, did you make your phone calls this week? He's like, no, I just, I haven't done it yet. And I was like, cool. When are you going to tell your kid she can't go to the private school she wants to go to? And he's like, point taken. I'm going to go make my calls. And I was like, cool. So don't be afraid to like, I don't want to say be mean, but be no, firm. No, be their them. coach. Right. Okay, cool. You said you wanted your daughter to go to private school. When are you having that conversation? Because right now your activities yeah. are matching. Yep. Uh, guys with words, not uh, everyone with actions, right? Completely. I know you're not braggadocious, and that's one thing I really like about you, but you've been really successful. Do you mind sharing? And if this is a no-go zone on the topic, that's fine. But like, what kind of volume have you generated in the last few years? Uh, I'm probably in the last five years about 130 million in business. My yeah. biggest year was 50, and that was you know the height of yeah, low yeah. interest rates. So, um, so, yeah. So, so I assume your loan officer's name is Austin. Yes. So he did 50 million in one year. And I know it was the best year ever and all that, but in, right. in addition to whatever he generated on his own, right? Correct. Yep. So probably not a bad day for Austin or you, huh? No, we have a great relationship. <laughs> He's very happy with me. He keeps I'm me, sure uh, he is. I'm sure he happy is. Too, so. So again, though, for everyone tuning in, just think about this for one second. I'm no math genius, but five years you've been doing this, first year tough as hell, but 130 million, I'm assuming 125 million that's been in the last four years, because the first year is probably really yeah. tough. Yeah. So that's $31 million a year on average, including 18 to 20 months of the most challenging market we've seen in two decades. Mm -hmm. Think of that for a second. Someone who doesn't do loans has generated $125 million of the loans in the last 48 months by being strategic, by not giving up, by being creative, by teaching, by educating, by consulting. Never once have I heard her say selling yet. I haven't heard that word come out of your mouth yet. Consult, befriend, train, pour in, get involved, care. All those words I did hear come out, right? I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible. What is um, a pitfall? Like, like 
ever hear that it doesn't work? Like every year people get hired for this job and six months later, they've gotten no referrals in the door and they're not a great economic deal for the loan officer. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens. I think people are starting to figure out more what a good BDR looks like. Right. But again, when I got into the industry five years ago, there wasn't a clearly defined BDR role in the mortgage industry. And it was just kind of like, how do we even structure this, uh, much less hire for it? I think the biggest thing is you can't just hire friends. Right. They may be the nicest person in the world, um, but if they're not a go-getter, they're not motivated, um, they're not going to have the discipline to follow up because they could be you know, the best first meeting person in the world. But again, if you don't follow up, that person's going to go somewhere else. It's like dating, right? If you don't yeah. show interest over time, they're going to find someone else to date. 100% uh, so, true. I think that's a big thing. I always too question like, would I do a transaction with this person or would I feel comfortable sending a, someone that would represent my reputation to this person? Right. Um, so they have to be a good connector. They've got to be someone that's disciplined and thinks outside the box. This should not be a hand-holding situation where you as loan officer are with your BDR 24-7. I've seen that. I'm like, what's the point of having a BDR? You guys are going on meetings together. Makes no sense, um, right? They're supposed to save, yeah. You're supposed to save Austin time, right? Totally. And I think, too, you know, when you're interviewing a BDR, same thing that I do with my agents. Give them small tasks. After the interview, hey, can you send me, you know, your bio or can you send me your social media channels or whatever it may be? It's something small. But how quickly they respond to that is super, super important. You want that overachiever, the one that really wants the job, um, but also will translate that into their own work performance if they get hired on. So, and, Great and I think the last thing I would tell people is if you do hire a BDR, that you're like, I don't know if this is working, let them go early. Like, don't just hope, keep hoping that it's going to work. Like, are they doing the activities? Have you given them clear metrics? Are they following those metrics? Is it a scripting issue um, or is it just a lack of motivation? I'm excited to just kind of get out there and make friends type of thing. Right. Um, you know, you, you've got to be on top of your people. And I will say too, you need to make sure that you and if you have a team are ready for a BDR. Because if you're not doing the activities as a loan officer to generate business, you can't just expect someone to come in and save you. Correct. I love all that advice. I hope everyone paid attention. We're coming to the close of our time here on Loan Officer Impact. But um, Rachel, what could I do or our little group here do to help you? You've been more than kind with your time and expertise. Is there anything we could do for you? Can there anything we could promote of yours that would help you? Well, um, I do BDR training. So if you do have a BDR that's newer um, or you're looking to bring them on and don't know how to train them, I'm happy to train them for you. I have a five-week course that's all taught live. I teach it. Um, so that's the thing. But I think most importantly, and you and I were talking about this before we started uh, chatting online, um, if you could follow my real estate podcast, that would be amazing. Uh, we're riding the momentum right now. It's a podcast featuring top producers from all over the US, Canada, um, just sharing best practices because I really want to help our agents out there, especially the new ones, even though I may not be going after their business. I want to help them grow. I don't say anything about being you know, in mortgage uh, unless somebody brings it up, but I'm not dropping the name of my company. So you can share it with your people. Say, hey, I heard this episode. 
would love for you to listen to it. That would be a huge thing. And it's called is the it Real, Real Tea, tea with, with Rachel. Real Tea with Rachel. Yes. Real T-E-A with Rachel. So for everyone tuning in, please do us a favor here at Loan Officer Impact. Support our friend. Go to Real Tea. That's like the drink tea with Rachel. Right. And just so everyone knows, she was just awarded recently the number one podcast in the Phoenix area by Phoenix Magazine. Um, it's an incredible accomplishment. She's had the podcast going only since January, I believe. And yep. she was awarded the top viewed and top, uh, I don't know what the category was, but of all the podcasts available in her community, she came out number one. So it's incredible. What you've done is incredible. Um, I see why you're successful. You're extremely kind. Um, I can feel an inner spirit about you that wants to win, which I think is important. I can tell the follow-up is real. Um, and it's not shocking to me at all, the success you've had. So A, thank you for your time with us today. This is meaningful to me and I'm, I'm excited that you were willing to share a half hour of your life with, with us. Um, congrats on your well-earned uh, success. It's really cool to watch. And congrats on helping make the industry better because there's a shortage of that. And I think we all know it. And I love anyone that is willing to give freely of their time and expertise to help someone else have a better life. I'm trying to do that with Loan Officer Impact. You obviously are doing it with Real Tea with Rachel. We will try our best to get everyone we know to subscribe to you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I appreciate you. you more than you know. And I appreciate you for having me on it's an honor. Well, the honor is ours. So for those of you tuning in, um, another great episode. Again, our mission here at Loan Officer Impact is to help every loan officer nationwide, regardless of which company you work at, have a more freedom-filled life, a better life, a less stress-filled life. And we're trying every day to bring you value or every week to bring you value with a nugget or two or three that will help you have that better life that we just spoke of. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week and uh, take care. Be sure to visit successunlimited.us for free loan officer tools, tips, and video resources. To schedule time with Kevin, visit growingwithkevin.com.